0: This episode is totally for you if you are someone who really just kind of needs some actionable steps or you need a little inspiration in your life. Um, I thought it would be really cool to bring Darian McDuffie on um, to this podcast episode because she is what is considered a baby hairstylist and the girl is killing it in our salon, and I just wanted her to kind of break down for you guys and tell you how she does it, how she did it, um, and how she continues to do it, and she's just doing amazing, you know, financially. She's also just killing it, living her best life outside of work as well, and that's what we all want, right? So I thought, what better person to bring on the podcast And really, I have loved this episode and you guys definitely, definitely want to give it a full listen and also employ some of the actionable steps that she gives in this episode and I can guarantee that you will not be sorry that you did. So definitely send me a message. Let me know what you think about it. Also, I'm thinking about doing a follow-up episode with her. If you guys have any questions, wanna know more about anything that she talks about during this episode, shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I really feel like one of the things that stylists get kind of confused about with social media is consistently really kind of showcasing who they are as a person and really kind of storytelling, how they got their start in the business. What do they love to do? Like what's their favorite hair product? Um, Making a, a tutorial of how they like to fix their hair in the morning, different things like that clients absolutely love and potential clients. And that was the whole purpose in myself creating the 30 days of content strategy, I decided to kind of put it together in a PDF form of like all of the topics that I use um, or used to use when I was building up my extension clientele. That way you can always feel like you have something to talk about. Like there's no excuse at this point to not have anything to say on social media. So what's the beauty of this, of the 30 days of content strategy, is you can take this PDF and literally plan all of your social media content. Heck, you could even just take it day by day, jump on stories and talk about whatever that day's topic is. You can turn it into a post, like take a picture of some beautiful hair that you did, but also talk about whatever that day's topic is if you are not a video person and you would rather you know type out something that you want your viewers to know about you or your followers so the 30 days of content can be used in so many different ways and that's the beauty of it and you can literally basically use the same one because you're not going to typically post 30 days in a row most people just don't do that. Um, you can, especially if you're hus- in hustle mode and you are really grinding and trying to build that clientele fast. Um, I actually used to do that. I'm not suggesting that you do that forever. If you are in that, in that mode, um, cause it's not sustainable, but, this is something that will help you to know what to say and how to start to build those relationships with clients by what you're posting not just simply posting a picture and you know just saying beautiful balayage like granted some people can get away with that However, if you're a stylist, that that is what you do, and you're not seeing a whole lot of bites from social media, it is time to change it up a little bit. So I invite you to download my 30 days of content. It is a free resource for you. Um, I put this together. I love it. I think it would be great for anyone ready to build their clientele and just kind of curious about you know getting those dream clients this is going to help you to do that so check it out let me know what you think i would love it if you would tag me in some of your posts too because i love to cheer you guys on hello hello everybody and welcome to the impactful stylist podcast Today, I'm super excited to have Darian on here. And if you've been listening for a while, um, you know that Darian's been on the podcast before. We work together in my salon. And um, I'm just really excited to have her back. Um, I thought it would be really cool to have her on. Um, because it's one thing to, to like kind of hear advice from someone who's been in the industry for a long time. Um, And I've had people say, well, things were different, you know, you kind of had an upper hand in building your clientele or different things like that. Um, You've had more time or different things like that, that isn't necessarily true, but I thought it would be cool to talk to Darian because she's been doing hair three years, Darian. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And I really feel like sometimes people will think, well, I've only been doing hair for three years. So that means I'm a baby stylist, which, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't know your shit. And that doesn't mean that, you can't make a great living or that you can't build a clientele. Um, So that's why I thought it was really important to bring Darian on today. She's had a lot of success in, you know, everything that she's wanted to accomplish behind the chair so far. And it's been really cool to watch her grow. Um, But with that, I want to kind of open up, The floor for Darian. And I would say, let's start like when you were in hair school. Um, I think what stood out to me, because guys, I've known Darian for a long time, like, but, you know, even before she started hair school, she had already messaged me and was like, hey, so I'm getting ready to start hair school, but um, I'm just planting a seed that if you ever have any spots open in your salon, I would love to come work with you. Which I would like to point out that it's really cool that she was already kind of game planning what she wanted to do before she started hair school, even like what salons in the area she was kind of looking at. And, you know, she was like, I was stalking you on social media and you know, and of course, you know once she talked to me, I was stalking her right back you know <laughs> and so guys if you guys are in hair school, I think that's something you can you know kind of take notes on is you know don't be too shy to kind of put yourself out there a little bit and introduce yourself to salon owners you know through social media and get to know people and stuff.. Um, But I think, Darian, what what tips would you, what other tips would you have for someone like in hair school right now?
1: Yeah. um, So I feel like the way, I feel like sometimes the way you describe me, it makes me sound like I was like really planning things and strategic. And I just want to point out to people like starting out that at the time, I didn't feel that way. I was more so like Instead of, like, calling myself a planner, I would more call myself a dreamer. Mm -hmm. And I was more so dreaming of the type of place I wanted to work at when I reached out to you, more so than planning. Now, of course, Mm -hmm. like, I, I hoped it all worked out, you know. But I would say... I was more, like, daydreaming about the type of place I wanted to work out. I was more daydreaming of the type of hair that I wanted to do before I even, like, started. Mm-hmm. Um, I was daydreaming about, you know, what I envisioned my life to be like as a hairstylist. Like, how many days a week I wanted to work. All of those, All of those things I was, like, dreaming about. And I almost feel like I sort of, like, manifested it in a way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's not necessarily because I feel like that can like sound discouraging to people where like, it sounds like I was planning things. I was not planning things. I didn't know the way anything was going to work out. I was more dreaming, you know,
0: I will I do want to point out, though, is like, you weren't simply just dreaming, though, like it was also action. Yes,
1: you're so right.
0: Reaching out to me or, you know, posting your work in hair school, not being shy about, oh, I'm in hair school. I'm not going to post my work, you know, different things like that. Um, But yes, I think dreaming has to definitely be a part of it. But action, I feel like was really, I know you don't, maybe it didn't feel that way. But I think sometimes when we manifest things too, it's kind of like you're dreaming, manifesting but then it's almost like you will want to take action on the things and it doesn't feel like a big deal when you do it. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Well, I think that's the important part is like the more you daydream about like the way something might be, the more passionate you become about what you're doing and the more passionate you are, the more willing you are to put in the work. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Rather than just like, going on autopilot, I feel like you really have to be passionate about what you're doing because that really shines through to your clients and also the person you want to work for,
0: you know? Definitely. Absolutely. Well, and I think um, I noticed that kind of from the start with you, um, even watching, you know, from afar at first, just through social media, what stood out to me as a salon owner was the fact that, you know, you were kind of documenting your journey a little bit and you were showing what you were doing in class that day. Or, you know, if, if you weren't doing anything, you would like break out a mannequin and play around and, you know, take pictures of that. And
1: yes, I feel like it's so like funny that it happened that way. Cause I almost didn't even realize I was doing it. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I loved what I was doing so much mm-hmm. that I was just like really excited. Mm-hmm. um, At that point. And I really like literally each time I did a color, I, I was so excited about it that I was like, there's no way I could have possibly forgotten to take a before and after because it's all I was thinking about. Yeah, like I, just- I was so excited to share it with everyone that like look what i did but not in like a like a cocky way more of like i'm so excited can you believe this yes <laughs> like can yeah. you believe that i did that you know um so i feel like that's the key too is you you got to make sure you're doing things that you love because that's where you're going to start to feel that way but i was i was really good in the beginning about taking before and afters and At that point in time, I was really, really focusing on getting myself out there so much that, like, it didn't even matter if something I did didn't turn out. I had to really fight the perfectionism Mm -hmm. part of myself, Mm -hmm. where even if something didn't turn out exactly as I hoped it would, I would still document that and post it and, Mm -hmm. like, share, you know, like, the journey we were on, like... You know here's what we were hoping for here's what we got today and you know here's how many appointments i expect this to take with this client i was still documenting and like sharing everything with everyone um because i feel like sometimes it's easy to like get stuck in your head about like well that didn't even turn out that good i'm not going to post it i was posting everything everything like you said, even on, like, days that I didn't have anything to do, I would play with a mannequin, and I would post pictures of that. I would even try to make my mannequin look like it was a person. Um, I remember so, Yes, and it was <laughs> so good. I would have my friend hold the mannequin and, like, yes. wrap a a jacket around it, and, like, I would post it as a person, like I did the hair, which I still did the hair. I still did that hair, yes. but, like... Just to make my Instagram pretty, you know? Well,
0: and like, let's talk about, cause I was really impressed by the fact that, you know, it seemed like if you were kind of like had nothing to do, you would do, you would bust out some amazing vivids. It's like you started playing with vivids all the time and they were mind blowing to me. Cause like, I suck at Vivids. It's not, I just don't put a lot into it. They kind of intimidate me a little bit. Um, But I was so impressed by that um, because, you know, granted I'm sure your school didn't have a bunch of vivid colors that they were going to let you play with. And so I was really impressed that you kind of took the initiative to just, you're like, I'm just going to go out and get them myself and play around and you know, get that experience, because that is experience, you know, and I think people don't think about it that way when you're on a mannequin. And yes, it's not exactly like how, you know, our hair grows out of our head and different things like that. But none of the nonetheless, it gave you that experience and more confidence in doing color and vivids.
1: Right. Yeah, that's so true. I found myself a lot of times, um like, Okay, so I feel like we can all agree that, like, all hair schools kind of suck and, like, they're low funding. Um, So, like you said, I would catch myself, like, instead of doing – so I had already had all my stuff done at school and I was pretty much just, like, waiting my time out, you know. Instead of, like, rolling another freaking perm um, because I don't really want to do those when I get out of school, you know, I would go, okay, well, I'm not allowed to color – my one mannequin that I have left at school because they would make you save one of the mannequins for like state board testing, you know, I would go, well, I'm just going to buy my own mannequin. So I would hop on Amazon and I would search a hundred percent human hair um, mannequin and some of them were cheaper, some of them were more, more expensive. And I would buy a mannequin and I did really get into vivids there for a minute. I mean, I'm still really into vivids, but I feel like I don't do as many of them, which Um, it's, I just feel like I've kind of branched out a little bit, but vivids are so much fun. And I would, so I would get myself a blonde mannequin. And then of course, like you said, they didn't, they may have had like a few vivid colors at the school, but it was never like, we weren't allowed to just play with them. So I would go buy my own vivids and I would, you know, when I got to school that day, I would hurry up and get all my stuff out of the way. And I'd ask the teacher like, hey, can I take the first haircut that comes in so that after that I can, like, work on this color I want to work on? And I think when you're showing that you're really passionate, they're going to, like, comply with you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: I wasn't saying, hey, can I have the first haircut so that I can, like, sit outside all day and, like, play on my phone. They were like, oh, if she wants to, like, do a color. That's pretty cool. Okay, sure, you know. <laughs> so, I remember, do you remember when I did that green color? That was one of my favorite colors in the whole oh my world. Okay, so the way that I did this is I was like, <clears throat> I was like, what's a color that's not very common? This was pre Billie Eilish days, okay? Because I feel like after Billie Eilish, lime green like kind of blew up. This was pre Billie Eilish, y'all. So nobody had lime green hair. It was not a thing yet. Like everyone was still like in the pinks and oranges and like the safer colors. And I was like, I want to do something that nobody wears. So I went and got like all these different shades of green and I challenged myself to do a color melt. And it probably took me like five or six hours that day Because, you know, I was learning and I wanted everything to be absolutely perfect. Um, But you're right. I did. I went out and I bought those things for myself because I knew that nobody else was going to. And I wanted the experience of being able to say, like, if somebody comes to me and wants a really cool ass color like this, I can say I did it and show them a picture of like what I did. And still to this day, I, like, get so excited to show people that picture that I did in freaking hair school, you know, and people are like, wow, you did that? It, and, you know, when I posted that, Amy, on my little, like, hair Instagram, I legit had, like, 50 followers, but a, a podcast reached out to me over that.
0: That's awesome.
1: A really well-known podcast. It's called, like, Your, Your Day Off or something, like, I'll have to look it up because it's a really well-known podcast. I listen to it all the time. But how cool is that? Like, that made me awesome. feel at the time like I was on top of the world. Yeah. And then, like, the more you feel like it's just like a snowball effect where what you're if you're doing what you're passionate about and then you do it well. And like people, then you're like, it's almost like you don't you don't feel like you're working anymore. You're like, OK, now what am I going to do next? Because you feel so good about
0: it. Exactly. It's yeah. absolutely true. I feel like. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. It's kind of like, you know, when you're passionate about it, it just doesn't feel like work. Now, granted, yeah. yes, like, sometimes at the end of a, a long, you know, a day of work, your body's telling you, yeah, that felt like work. But like,
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> but of your, course, your brain, but you still know, to this right? day, yes, still to this day, Amy, after a long day of work, when like my body hurts, and I'm like, oh, that was such a long day. I still compare it to, like, jobs I've had in the past pre, like, hair days before I knew I wanted to do hair. Like, I remember days that, like, I worked at this office and going home after a long day working at that office was drastically different. Like, I was so, like, done. I didn't want anybody to talk to me. It's, like, just because I talked on the phone all day at work, you know, and, like, I was, like, mentally exhausted even still on days that I get done and like my body hurts and stuff, when I get home, I'm still excited to show my boyfriend what I did today. I have like this routine where I get home and I go, do you want to see what I did today? And he goes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And I show him, I go, okay, here's the before and here's the after. And this sweet guy, I've shown him probably a million hair pictures every single time. He's like, wow, you Uh made her look so good. Like it's always yeah even on days that i feel like my body is like gonna give out or like it was just a long day like you're still allowed to have those Mm -hmm. it's still not the same as like working a job that you hate it's still not the same
0: exactly and i really feel like um it's been really cool i don't know like just being around you working with you also makes me more excited (laughs) like (laughs) After <laughs> a coworker, like, you know, I think that type of energy is contagious. Um, so I think that's been refreshing for me as well. And you know, I, I think it's funny that you say that about Boone because <laughs> I think that like with Robbie, not so much anymore, but yeah, for a very long time it would be like, I'll be like, look at this. You know, and he's like, oh my God, you know, or just he maybe I didn't show him, but I would share it, you know, on social media. And then he would share it and be like, oh my God, that (laughs) that was like night and day, you know. That's funny. funny. He still does that. He shares all of your hair posts, and I see it all the time, but it's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, it's hilarious. But it's, you know, I think that makes such a big difference too, like the people around you being supportive and, you know, excited because you're excited and, you know, things like that make it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, for sure. And but, I was oh, go ahead.
1: No, you're okay. I was just going to say, like, to touch on that, like, for people, like, don't forget, like... I could have sat at school all day and, like, my teachers were like, no, like, you used all your mannequins. You can't color any more mannequins. Like, here, use this mannequin and roll a perm. I could have been like, okay, and rolled another perm. Or I could have been like, you know, like, I'm just going to sit around and do what they tell me to do. But I was like, no, I want to do color and like, I'm going to make it happen. Whether you like, you guys are not going to stop me. Not that they were trying to stop me, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Like they've got a job to do. And like, at the end of the day, they're just trying to do their job. I was like, no, I'm going to make this happen. Cause this is what I want to work on. This is what I want to post pictures of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you got to make it happen for yourself. You know, Yes,
0: proactive action. Yes. definitely. That is like, I think what separates you know, stylists that are successful from stylists that are maybe don't feel as sex. sex I can't even talk successful.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, I agree. No, yeah. you're right about that. Um, yeah, because I know several people, you know, that I went to school with that like, such sweet, sweet girls, but I think maybe they just weren't that passionate about it, which is like, maybe they were just there. They were much younger than me. They were like fresh out of high school. But, like, I feel like maybe they had been, like, pressured to go to hair school or something, and they just weren't as passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can totally tell, like, who stands out from who um, when you're really passionate about what you're doing, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and it's true. I think sometimes people miss out on that piece of, you know, like, in my opinion, if you – and it doesn't make you a bad person or wrong or whatever. Everybody's got different things that that they're passionate about. Exactly. It can feel like, Oh, well I need to do hair or I need to go to hair school. And then if you keep finding yourself in that position where you're like, I just don't get it. Like I'm not passionate like that. Like I don't, this doesn't excite me. Like I've tried all the things, none of the things excite me. Like I don't want to learn more. Like maybe this is not the career for you and that's okay. Um, there are, a billion things out there to do but like I think sometimes people will also think oh well I guess I need to stay committed to this like I'm paying yeah. for schooling and you know no like to me it's way more expensive to <laughs> like yeah a pill you're gonna die on when you hate it like
1: exactly
0: <laughs> it's just not worth it
1: exactly Well, I did that too. I went to, I took some nursing classes like pre like deciding that I wanted to go to cosmetology school and I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I'm really smart. I can pass the classes, but like the passion wasn't there. And Mm -hmm. I started to realize that slowly as like we started getting towards things where like they were like, okay, we're going to like draw blood and we're going to do this. And like the girls around me were excited and I was like, Mm -hmm. what is wrong Mm -hmm. with you all? you are excited about this? Like, and then slowly I realized that that was not for me. I was like, just because I could do it. I'm not passionate about this. This makes me feel like I'm dying. Like I hate being here. It's gross. It's not for me. Like they were all like really excited about it. I was like, it, I just, it was not my thing, you know? So I'm so happy that I didn't like suffer and stick with it because it, I was not passionate about it in any way, shape or form.
0: Exactly. Well, I want to talk about, too, how, like, okay, so I'm kind of going through all the different phases of your career. Um, I wanted to talk about, like, when you came to assist here, um, I also think it was really cool that you weren't shy about asking questions and really getting all up in the process like if I was working with a client like you were not shy about like coming up and being like what you doing and like <laughs> you know <laughs> so what, what gloss are you using on her and like you know you've seen like so many different things with me and my clients and stuff like that but I also want to point out it also gave you the opportunity to get to know the clients and yeah a lot of, you know, a lot of them are in in your chair. And, you know, I think sometimes people like don't think about that whenever they are, you know, sometimes there's this thought that assisting is just, you're just there to sweep hair or whatever. And that's another situation where I think you have to be proactive in, you know, talking to you know whatever stylist you're working with and being you know telling them what maybe you're struggling with learning and also just kind of being present and being there and popping in and asking questions and really being inquisitive because I think that's how you're going to learn as well and yeah i loved how that's what you were open to doing and Um, I think, you know, just like we all know, you don't learn everything in hair school. Like, you just don't. And that's okay. Right. Um, And, you know, granted, yes, there are some salons out there that maybe they don't. Like, they just kind of treat you like you're just going to sweep hair. Um, Yeah. But as stylists are working and different things like that, I know here we've always been very, like, hey, you know, At any time, because, you know, if you're like me, you're in the zone with your client and you're not thinking about anything else. And so Mm -hmm. we've always been pretty like, hey, pop in and ask me questions or, you know, don't be able to interact with with us and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I think that that it's funny you say that because it's all something that kind of unintentionally unfolded for me. Um, Like it. I, here's what happened. Okay.
0: (laughs) Here's what happened.
1: Okay. Here's what happened. I saw the way, of course, you know, you already know I was stalking you because I reached out and I wanted to work here, but here's, I was looking at the hair that you were doing and I was like, wow, that's beautiful. And I'm going to do hair like that. And whether like, I wasn't just going to let it happen. Like I wasn't just going to come here and like, I wasn't going to just sweep floors, like whether that's what you wanted me to do or not. I was like, Mm-mm. I'm learning how she does hair, because I want to do hair like that. And um, so I think it's really important, like if you're looking to assist somebody, or you're looking for somebody to mentor you, choose somebody that you admire their work. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know that seems like maybe like kind of common sense, but I feel like maybe sometimes people get caught up in the like, oh, this person's so well known. I want to, I want them to be my mentor. But like, if you hate the work they do, but like, why don't do that. You know, I chose you, Amy, because of the hair you do. And I was like, I'm going to do hair like that, and I don't care like if I need to sweep the floors or fold the towels. I'm going to get that shit done fast because I'm going to be back there when she mixes up that gloss because I want to know what she's going to do. I want to know what low light she's putting on, and I want to watch the way you do it. And why are you putting your foils like that? Because I don't do my foils like that, so can you tell t- tell me why you're doing that? You know, Tell me why you hold your scissors like that because they didn't teach me like that. I you know I was all up, I was I was kind of up your ass. And like it was <laughs> it's because I wanted to do hair like you, you know? Um, and I wasn't just gonna let it let it happen. I literally was like attached to your hip because um of your talent. And I wanted to I literally was like a little sponge. And then it it's funny because then like later after I had been assisting you for a while, because I assisted you for a really long t- time. Do you remember that? It was like I, I like think it, it was,
0: was about a year, or
1: was I it? I feel like it might have been longer than a year.
0: You know what? You're right because you were in hair school for part of that time.
1: Exactly. So That's, it ended up being longer than a year that I assisted you, yeah. and I do not regret any of it. Like because sometimes people are like, like I remember being in hair school and like people are like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to Amy and Company, and I'm going to assist. And they're like, oh, you're going to be an assistant? And I was like, yeah, like. <laughs> i didn't understand like the negative like association with like i didn't get it i was like what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong Uh, looking back i do not regret a single thing because i like i learned so much from you and in even like when we were doing colors i almost sometimes felt kind of annoying because but again, like also I was like unapologetic about it because like I was going to get the information I needed. I wanted to learn, you know. I was just really hungry for knowledge. So I remember like you would put something on and I would wait till we came back here and I'd be like, did you notice the way like that highlight lifted? Why did it do that? You know, or ah. did you, like, I was just, I would I wanted to know everything. And um, assisting for me was not so much like, the stuff you see on like hair forums on Facebook, it wasn't about folding towels and like sweeping the floor, even though that's a vital part of this thing. To me, it was about like, I'm going to learn everything I possibly can from you so that I can get behind the chair as quickly as possible.
0: Yes. Well, and just, I also liked, uh, again, you know, you were pretty, upfront about like hey especially once you were licensed and stuff like that you were like so I would love to be able to do like clients and you know like can I do colors on these people and yeah things you were confident with and you were already kind of game planning even while assisting yeah kind of trying to figure out what could work and different things like that and just kind of going out Uh, I
1: think my thought process was like, okay, so it's really important to me. I like, it's very valuable to me that I'm assisting Amy on the days that she works, the hours that she works. However, I was kind of like daydreaming, if you will, about like the day that you're like, okay, it's time to spread your wings. You're not my assistant anymore. I was kind of daydreaming. Like I would like to have a clientele already like built in place for the day that that happens now yeah. i know that i'm not going to be booked nine to five monday through friday like i knew that it wasn't going to be anything like that but like i wanted to have already a nice little group of regulars who are coming back to see me mm-hmm. like you know like my bread and butter if you will so that i have room to so that i'm comfortable enough that i can survive while i build my clientele so mm-hmm. i do remember that amy i remember okay so amy's schedule was tuesday through Saturday, I think at the time. At the time I, it was. At the time mm-hmm. it was. And I remember going, okay, so the salon is closed on Mondays. I'm going to make Monday. I asked Amy for permission. We were closed on Sundays and Mondays. But I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to take all of my color clients on Mondays because I want to get my hands in some hair. And like, I don't want to be here like later in the day on those days that I'm assisting. Um, like, and that's okay if that's, like, what you want to do. But for me personally, I didn't want to be there super late in the evenings. So I was, like, I would rather come in on Monday and do some hair so that I feel refreshed for the day. You know what I mean? Um, And for, do you remember that, Amy, for a really long time? I was taking my color clients on Monday because I knew that I wasn't assisting you that day. Yes. And, okay. like... Sure, like you can be like, well, that kind of sucks working, you know, Tuesday through Saturday, and then coming in on your Mondays. But like, I knew in my mind that that was a very small, um, what word am I looking for? That was a very small, like, piece of myself I was giving away in order to like build myself in the future, so that I didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's it a small risk I was willing to take for a short amount of time because I knew in the future. Like I was already, I was setting myself up for success, you know, exactly. and sometimes that takes a little hustle in the beginning in order to set yourself up for success in the long run.
0: Exactly.
1: Sorry. I was really stumbling over my words there for a minute.
0: Oh, it's all good. I, I think mm-hmm. that's a really good point too. I think sometimes people might think, oh, I'm going to have to do that forever.
1: No. Yeah.
0: How it works. I mean, here's it's-
1: what it, it's almost like a little like cat and mouse game where I was like, I'm going to work on Mondays for a little while. And like, I'm just going to give the world a little taste of what I can do and like do enough hair good. And like send these people out into the world and people be like, Oh my God, your hair looks so good. Where'd you get it done? Like I was giving people a taste of what I could do. So then I could like catch them and be like, okay, now I'm not working Mondays. Like you have to make this work if you want me to do your hair.
0: And it worked. (laughs) Exactly And that's the thing is like clients, especially like if you really know what you're doing, you give a really great experience for them when they come in, they are going to make it work. They're going to figure it out, like what day that they can book with you and stuff like that. So I think that was brilliant and it really did help a lot. I mean, like just to kind of see that in action, um, you know, it was really cool. Because I've got to be honest, like, when I was just starting to do hair, I wasn't very proactive. I was passive and more like, oh, okay, well, whatever, you know. (laughs) You know, then one day it was kind of like I woke up and was like, what's going on? Like, and over time, I realized I needed to go after things. And so I think it's really cool that you kind of just started out, um, you know, kind of already and I know you don't feel like you were being strategic but you were i mean and not yeah. maybe not like consciously <laughs>
1: right right
0: <laughs> but cool because you these things don't just like passively happen like you know i mean now we were just talking about how far you've come like you know before we started recording today and it's just really cool to be witness to that and think about the milestones that you've hit and you know things like that that you know you were like I thought I could charge a certain amount for a two-row extension move up you know I thought that was going to be five years from now and like you're already charging that amount like yeah for the (laughs) last year so like (laughs) yes it's
1: so true one day I sat down and I was like This was probably like, I'd say like two, two and a half years ago. It was when I very first learned extensions and I was like starting out and I was like building my clientele. And what I did is I went, okay, one day I really want to make six figures. Uh, Like I like, how cool would that be to make six figures and like be able to make enough wealth for me that I could have a comfortable lifestyle. And I, so I sat down and I took $100,000 divided by how many weeks are in a year. And then I took the weeks divided by how many days a week I wanted to work because I don't want to work seven days a week. So you can't just like make it a week, you know? So you take the number of that divided by how many days a week I wanted to work, which I think my goal is like four days a week. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then that tells you how much you have to make per day. And I was like, okay, well, if I have to make this in a day, how much would I have to charge? I know that I can do two extension clients in a day. So this is how much I would need to charge for a two-row move up. And I remember, I do remember coming into the salon that day and I was like, listen, Amy, and I had it all written out on like a little sticky note. Like I was a madman. Like I'd been doing math all night instead of sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that little beam where he's pointing at the chalkboard and he's like circling stuff. And like, that's what I felt like. I was like, look at this post it Amy. Okay, so I divided this by this and this. And this is what I need to make. For a two-row move-up, because that's kind of like my bread and butter. That's the most of what I do. If I could maybe one day charge this amount for a two-row move-up, I know that if I can then build up this many clients per week, I can be a six-figure stylist. And I was like, but that's a lot of money. I think that um, that's going to be a five-year goal. And guess what? I'm charging that today. And it's only been two and a half years.
0: Yes. Well, that have-
1: blows my mind. Like, because <laughs> that day that I told you, I was like, I was like, I had like perspiration, like sweat on my forehead. I was like, whew, whew, okay, Amy, so this is the amount that maybe one day I want to charge. Like, it made me like nervous to say that out loud. But it was a five-year goal. And like, I I bet it in half the time.
0: Yes. Well, and that's the thing is I remember <laughs> showing me this. And I just like laughed because I'm like... <laughs> You can do this, like, by the end of this year, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, you can set that price <laughs> and like easily, do, like, this is not, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know what you mean. Because initially, I think sometimes if certain goals don't kind of scare you a little bit, you know, initially, then it's just not, you know, it's maybe your goal isn't set high enough. Yes. I mean, you know, it can be a little intimidating, especially around the whole money thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that, you know, several things were at play there. You know, it wasn't like we just pulled this number out of the sky and like, you know, But right. really like, you know, your work spoke for itself. Excuse me. Well, experience, you know, I think, you know, client experience has to be so on point. That was
1: another thing we talked about that day, though, Amy. I don't know if you remember, like I was like really emotional and vulnerable that day to you. We were sitting here at this table in this salon and I was like, Amy, I was like, if I have to charge this for a move up, do you know what that means? That means that I have to be the best. And I mean the best. And I have to work really hard and I need to practice these because if I'm going to charge this amount one day, it has to be worth it. And that, like, really motivated me to up my skill set when it comes to extensions. And then I started, like, obsessing over my beadwork, my stitch work, my placement, obsessing over grow outs and, like, what they looked like before and after. L- like, exactly what you're saying, like, your skill set has to match, but what better way to motivate you than to just day- About what your life would be like if you made that money so it's not just about money it's like it's more so like I wanted a certain lifestyle and I knew in order to get that like if I'm going to tell people like I'm charging this amount I can't just charge that amount because I'm like I've been doing hair for 10 years and so it's time I get a raise like no your work has to speak for itself and so I started really obsessing over practicing, practicing, practicing and making sure like I already was obsessed with color and I'd already gone over this whole hill with color, like an obsessed over color, you know that. Um, But then it was my time to shine with extensions. I was like, okay, now I need to really like fine tune my, my skill set with extensions so that I feel confident when I tell somebody this price.
0: Exactly. I think that's the, you know, really sometimes the missing piece that people don't see with practice because yeah. they practice until my face is blue, like whatever it is, practice it. And whenever yeah. you do those reps and keep practicing, it does give you more confidence because you put so much more time into it and you know, your shit. And yeah. whenever well, it,
1: even like, even if you're good at it, even exactly. if you already, if you're already good at it, practice it. Because then, like, that's how you're going to be, like, the best. Like, I remember – do you remember when I used to, like, sew a row into my mannequin? And then – now, I don't know, why why this was my goal because nobody's pulling on their extensions this hard. But my fear was somebody – I don't know why because it's never happened, but I had this – fear that somebody's extensions were like just gonna fall out so I would literally like beat my mannequin up and try to pull her extensions out and that was my next step of bettering myself I was like okay I'm already pretty confident in the way they look and feel when I put them in but can she take a beat and, and her hair still stay in <laughs> so that was like my yeah. next goal you know Because right. I was like I'm, I'm already good at that I want to be the best though so like could she get in a bar fight and like somebody yank her <laughs> hair and her extensions still stay in, you know? That has
0: happened by the way. <laughs> 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 if, like my extensions were still in my hair. Yeah, she's the man. best, you know. Like that's what I wanted. That was my goal. It's so hilarious. But <laughs> like all of these things give you more of the confidence. And, you know, I think then also if you have clients or someone that reaches out and, or you discuss pricing with them and they're like, oh, oh my God, I could never pay that. Right. It doesn't bother you as much because you know, the reps that you've put in, you know, the work that you've put in, but you I think also start to understand that not everyone is going to see the value and they've also never experienced your work in the chair. So like, they don't know, they have no idea, but it also like helps you not to feel so insecure about giving that number out to someone. Yeah, um, And I think, you know, it's been really cool to just see that, you know, with you and your career and stuff too.
1: No, you're exactly right. Because the more you practice something, the more confident you are when you tell somebody that number. Because I'm like, you know, there was that little point in time where I was like, really, really new. Because Mm -hmm. I forget that I'm still kind of considered a baby stylist. I forget
0: that. Yeah, Because you don't carry (laughs) that way. You know what I mean? You're not like, oh, I'm a baby stylist. And I'm like, you know, probably gonna use baby stylist in the title on here. And some people are very triggered by that term. Um, It doesn't matter to me either way, but you know, I feel like you have just from the start, I think because you've taken the initiative to do what you've wanted to do and learn the things and not be afraid to dive in and like really immerse yourself into everything, it's kind of set you ahead by some, it's almost as if you've been a stylist longer, even though you haven't. And I think that's the really cool thing is someone doesn't have to be a stylist for a decade or longer in order to like feel secure and confident in what they're doing and also charge the prices that they should be charging and different things like that
1: yeah you're so right um there was a point in time where I was scared to like tell people prices and like you I I really look up to you in the aspect that you taught me like you know the more I practice something you you would point out you'd be like well when you're charging this price like how many hours have you spent unpaid like practicing this in order to be able to set your price at this You know what I mean? Those are the things I think about now when like somebody, it used to really bother me and like hurt my feelings when somebody would, which, you know, I'm really sensitive, but (laughs) it used to really hurt my feelings when people would be like, oh, that's too expensive. You know, when you would tell them your prices, I'd be like, oh my gosh, am I charging too much? Am I like entitled? Am I, you know, all of those things run through your mind. But then, you know, over time, I feel like now I've gotten really good about when somebody's like, Oh, that is so much money. How could you, you know, not that, and I'm being dramatic. People don't talk to me like that. But like, if somebody were to be like, you charge how much? Like now I'm super confident in myself where I would remain calm and I wouldn't feel guilty because I'd be like, yeah, well I charge this much because like, you don't understand what the amount of work I've put in. Mm-hmm. And like, if you, you know, it's okay. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't want to pay that amount, because it's not that important to them. And that's okay. Because there's always going to be somebody who charges less. And maybe it's because they haven't like figured out that they're worth it or put in those hours yet to practice. You know what I mean? Everybody
0: starting point somewhere.
1: Yes. Like Uh. it's, it's okay. If somebody doesn't want to pay your prices, just it's okay. Just they can go somewhere else. It's okay. Like you don't owe anybody anything. You're not Performing heart surgery, where, like, if somebody doesn't get it done, they're going to die. Exactly. Um, we're performing hair, which is, like, a luxury to get your hair done. Um, And, you know, if you're putting in the work, then you're worth it. But the more that you put in the work and the more you practice, you'll start to feel that yourself. And you won't need other people to tell you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just don't need other people's validation. And I think when you get to a point in your life, sometimes, like good or bad, you know, even the good validation, sometimes, like, I feel like the less you rely on it, and you just focus on the facts of, you know, I think the better off you are, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's always good to have somebody in your corner, too, because there are definitely days that I have where I, like, doubt myself about something, and you're my person that I always come to with if like a color didn't turn out the way I thought it would you know it's really good to have somebody in your in your realm of what you do for a living to kind of back you up because you're always like my my logical you ground me you know where sometimes I'll have a day where like a color didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to or like and I'll show you pictures talk you through the whole process and you always ground me you know so it's not to say that like you're not ever gonna have feelings where you're like you feel you, it's okay to have days where you don't feel okay. Absolutely. That's normal.
0: That happens with everyone. Like, and I don't care how long somebody's been doing hair. Like, I mean, I even have those days. I've been in the industry for 23 years now. And every once in a while, life is going to throw you a curveball. Yep. And, you know, it does not matter. And, but I will say, because I know I remember how it was in the beginning. And like how, if I had one of those days, I mean, it could really, really affect me in such a bad way that, you know, I used to think, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. You know, whenever I would hear other stylists that were in it longer than me say like, oh, it still happens to me. I would be like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to make it that long. And, but what I will say is I feel like with time, do start to like look look at it more logically and yeah. don't get so destroyed by whatever it was and you know i think i i feel like you have gotten to where you can look at it to lo- more logically and that makes all the difference in the world and when we can look at something and say what can i learn from that Um, Is there anything I could have done differently? Sometimes there's not, um, and that's okay too. But I think when we can really kind of learn from these situations, it just helps us grow even more. And, you know, I think all of your hard work, I mean, has definitely, you know, paid off in the end. You know, I mean, not that this is the end. Um, (laughs) Like, I'm retiring from doing hair. Um, (laughs) You know, I think it's been cool because at the end of the day, you know, yes, you need to love what you do, um, but you also need to get paid for it. And you've been active and taken the bull by the horns and whether through practice, client experience and all the things and being kind of strategic about how much money you want to make at the end of the day. Um, I mean, with each year you've had like a $25,000 increase in your pay and, you know, I mean, that's remarkable, you know, it it
1: sometimes blows my mind when I realize that that's happened to me. Yeah. It blows my mind
0: that's amazing Darian. Like, and I, I think sometimes, you know, I feel like I'm just really proud of you because you know, a lot of people don't may not ever see that in their career. Um, Maybe that's something they want, but it's not something that they will see. Um, But The difference is like, again, is like you've gone after it and you have thought about it and you have game planned and you've daydreamed and you've built this life for yourself, you know, actively and not in a, you know, none of this again is like, none of this has just passively come to you. Like you put these into action, you know, you started with daydreaming about it. But then you're like, okay, let's put pen to paper to figure this out. And, you know, I'm going to put the reps in. I'm going to practice. I'm going to, you know, do all the things. And I think it's cool that you can see the monetary, you know, side of it after everything is said and done, you know. And I think that's really remarkable. Um, I really wish I would (laughs) have.
1: You're making me so emotional. I just, I feel like <laughs> we're going over like every, it's just so, it's just such a good feeling, you know, and um, I love you for doing this podcast and, and, Aww. you know, sometimes it
0: feels good that you remind me of
1: all of this because it's sometimes it's easy to forget like where you started, yeah. you know?
0: I feel like it can be really easy, especially, I think that's the double-edged sword of being someone who wants to achieve more. Um, it doesn't, I think you can kind of lose sight of how far you've come sometimes. Yeah. You can start to feel bad or, you know, almost like, well, I want to be here or there, but I'm here right now. And, right. you know, almost like you can kind of get stuck and stagnant. And I think sometimes when you can take a minute to reflect over how far you've come and how each, you know, each step has progressed to a, a new one. Yeah. and you know, kind of being aware of that kind of helps and I do think it kind of I know for me it's broken me out of cycles or you know being stagnant in my life sometimes it's almost like I just got stuck in this mindset of like well I'm not getting anything done or I'm not accomplishing anything I want or whatever because we expect these huge like changes and yeah. sometimes you know all of i mean throughout the last three years of your career there were there was never like a huge change
1: yeah it was all like of the small day by day yeah, they were all steps you yeah. know
0: along the one step at a time and like i think that is something that we can all like learn from and try to remember Because, you know, and this day and age, you know, we're watching TikToks and we're watching all these things and it just, we don't see that person's journey, like those steps that they've taken and they might give you some, a quick tip or, you know, everything's just really quick on, you know, in, in the social space. And like, in reality, that's not how it is, you know, and I think it's good to reflect back and you know just to to be grateful for how far you've come and i mean i'm grateful for you i've learned a lot from you um i think that you know i just and maybe that just you might not know that but like I mean, I hope I tell you, I feel like I tell you a lot. Like we're turning, this is like turning into like a big mushy podcast.
1: <laughs> I know, a love fest. I'm like, I love you. No, I love you. <laughs> I love you more. No, I love you. But guys, like, you know,
0: it just, I think that, you know, the, the big overarching thing here is You know, Darian went after what she wanted. And, you know, in the beginning, she thought she was going to be a nurse. She's like, what the heck is this? Like, I'm not happy, you know, doing this. And now she has created this life for herself that she loves. And she loves to work. And she loves what she does. And, you know, she found a salon that she wanted to work at, and it feels like home to her. And I think that's what I wanna encourage you guys to think about too. I mean, some people might be rolling their eyes when they're like, well, I'm not having that experience at the salon that I'm at or whatever, like, but your feet aren't planted in the ground, you know? And I'm not, this isn't to like tell everybody to quit whatever salon they're working at. Like, this isn't that, but only you can decide. Um. But that's, you know, kind of understanding what's working and what's not and being able to make that shift, I think, you know, really allows you to build the life that you want. And, you know, I think sometimes we lose sight of that, that we have the power to do that. And sometimes that can be hard. But what's more hard, like sticking around and doing something that you don't love or would rather not and do that indefinitely or rip the bandaid off and figure out what's gonna work best for you.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, so I kind of went off on a tangent as usual, but- um, No,
1: it's just, it's such a good feeling though to like look back and see how far you've come because, you know, you know, however many years, three years ago when I started doing hair, Like, it's hard to remember that I was, you know, working six days a week and, like, putting in all of these things for, like, a future me now. I guess, like, right now I'm realizing that, like, I am saying thank you to, like, a past Darian. Because, like, you know, like, we were talking about earlier, like, this week, I have a really slow week this week. I only work one day this week. Um, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like it accidentally happened. Like it's the fourth of July. So I took that day off, Tuesday off for, you know, spending time with my family. And then like Friday, like my boyfriend's family is coming in. So we're gonna take I took that day. Like I can't imagine three years ago that I would have a week coming up where I only work one day a week that I wouldn't be panicking. And right now, you know, yesterday I went out shopping and like blew a bunch of money on home decor because I was you know that's what makes me happy right now (laughs) I'm really in like a decorative phase of my life and like you know I'm not worried about I only work one day this week and I'm comfortable and I can't express like that's not to like brag that's like I'm sharing that because I never imagined and I'm thinking a past version of myself I never imagined that I would be comfortable to do that and that like I'm okay you know what I mean like I'm kind of already like progressing towards the life that I daydreamed about a few years ago when I, exactly, you know, I was daydreaming about the life I wanted to live when I lo- searched the salon and now here I am, you know, like my shit's all over the place here. And like, I've been here, like <laughs> I've made this my home, you know, like, and, and a few years ago, like I was daydreaming about like what it would feel like to be here every day.
0: Yes. and that's just
1: that's crazy
0: i love that and i think you're right i mean i think it's really cool that you know you have you're like i'm gonna be off extra days this week and it's not sending me spiraling you know because yeah, <laughs> Cause yeah. i mean like been there in my career before and You know, and I think even as I think, especially when you've been like, quote unquote, such a workhorse, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, powering through and hustling, whenever you do have times where you're like, you know, you've come to this point in your career where you're like, Oh, my God, no, like, it's fine. Like, I, I don't have to stay in that, like, hustle mindset, like, forever. And, you know, Now you're kind of just building upon like what you've, what you've created and, you know, being comfortable and kind of shifting where you need to and knowing that you can do that and that you're going to be fine at the end of the day. Yeah. I think it's awesome. What, what, like to kind of tie it all up in a bow at the end here. What do you, what piece of advice would you give to someone? I mean, you've kind of given a lot of awesome advice already, but is there anything that you can think of that I haven't touched on that you would really love to share with anyone, like kind of in the position where they want to be where you're at right now?
1: Um, I feel like for me personally, what was most motivating was putting pen to paper and sitting down. And I know it sounds so stupid, but like actually like journaling the things that I wanted in life. And that's mm-hmm. how this all started really like, like journaling. Okay. I want to be six figure stylist. Here's what I need to make mm-hmm. in the year. Here's what I need to make by week. Here's what I need to bake by day, which means if I have this many client, like I don't know. I feel like st- if you're like stuck in a feeling where like you are kind of like daydreaming, sit down and figure out what exactly it is you need to make. And not mm-hmm. just number wise, like, but whatever motivates you, like, write down the things that you, you know, you want in life. Because I feel like when you like, sometimes it can seem very overwhelming when you're like just in your head and you're like, yeah, that'll probably be in like 10 years. But when you sit down and write it down and you look at it and you realize like, oh, I just need to get to a point where I can make this per client in order to make this much per year. It feels a lot more feasible. Like you can, it's, you know, like that's where I would start sit down and start journaling and figuring out my, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you don't know what you're fighting for, then, yes. like, you don't know where to start, and I think that, like, where you need to start is figuring out what exactly it is that you want. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, that would be my advice. I fully agree with that, absolutely. Well, Darian, as usual, it was a total pleasure to have you on here,
1: yeah. And I think
0: everyone can learn a lot from you, definitely. And I'm going to have guys like how like you definitely need to follow Darian on social and kind of watch what she's doing because I'm always inspired by what she does. And I think she's one to watch for real. So I'm definitely going to have her Instagram handle and all that good stuff in the show notes um, so you guys can give her a follow. And Darian, thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you for
1: having me. This has been awesome. I love chit-chatting about hair. So it's always yes. fun.
0: All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. If you're a hairstylist who specializes in certain hair services, and you're trying to build a clientele of your dream clients who really take you seriously, you need to check out findyourhairstylist.com. What makes it so special is that stylists can apply for findyourhairstylist.com to be listed on the directory, which is essentially the website is a matchmaking site to match you with your dream clients. What makes this so unique is you actually apply and you are vetted by five different hairstylists, uh, kind of like a panel of judges, so to speak, who put their seal of approval on you and your work. For a limited time, it is free of charge to hairstylists, so you want to jump on this, guys. Make sure you go to findyourhairstylist.com to check it out.